Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. For those new here, my name is Stefanos and I'm a PhD candidate in chemical engineering at Western University. And my mission is to empower and inspire for a better tomorrow. So today's episode is gonna be diving into mindfulness. Um, and this is something that has become ever more relevant to myself, uh, which I will delve into a little bit deeper uh, in just a moment. But the reason I wanna to touch on this is because stress has become a very prevalent issue in today's fast paced world. Uh, and many people suffer from physical and emotional tolls of stress on a daily basis. So I think it's especially critical that we all take the chance to actually practice some mindfulness on a day-to-day -day basis to improve our mental well-being. Um, yeah, so the purpose of today's episode is to explore mindfulness as a tool for managing your stress and for managing uh, your emotional response to certain stimuli. Uh, and this is, like I said, something that's become very relevant to me because Recently, and quite unfortunately, I lost my job uh, at a very bad time. Um, and one of the only things that kept me grounded in that period of uncertainty where I felt like my foundation had been pulled out from under me was my ability and my practice that I stuck to mindfulness. So this is why something this has become a very relevant topic that's been on my mind lately. Uh, and just was something that I wanted to share my own experience with you guys in the hopes that it can maybe you know help you help you as well in case you're going through something difficult. So before we begin, we have to understand what stress is and the fact that uh, stress is the body's natural response to a perceived threat or a challenge. Um, and there's two forms of stress, which uh, typically doesn't really get highlighted as much, but there is actually a positive form of stress called eustress, and then a negative form of stress, which is more commonly known as distress. Uh, and this, can have both of these forms of stress can have very drastic effects on our physio on our physiology, um, and in this includes like physical and mental symptoms, uh, including increased heart rate, increased fatigue, the feeling of um, of uh, anxiety or a feeling of uh, brain fog or anything of the sort that basically takes away from your ability to focus and be productive in that moment. Um, so it's also very important to understand that there are two types of stress as well, along with being positive and negative. Uh, we also have acute and then chronic forms of stress. Acute being short-term stress, like those that are associated with an upcoming deadline or some task that you need to get completed within a certain period uh, that you know is upcoming. And then there is chronic stress, which is long-term and typically the more harmful of the two uh, as they have a prolonged period of time to elicit those negative effects on you. Um, Typical examples of, of long-term chronic stress are uh, issues related to your personal life, like family or your relationships, or any stressors that you believe that you have in work. Um, and yeah, so I think it's very important to break down these two categories of stress so that way you can compartmentalize which ones you're trying to target at a given time. Um, and once again, specificity is the key, is the, the first step to solving any problem. You have to be able to identify and quantify what exactly it is that you want to change to be able to make that change in the first place. So having said all this, what is mindfulness? So I've defined mindfulness as the practice of being fully present and engaged in the current moment without judgment. It's about focusing on the here and the now. And this is very important to, to highlight because it encompasses the awareness of one's thoughts. Um, not only your thoughts, but also the emotions that you're, that you're experiencing, any sensations that you're feeling, and anything that's going on in your surroundings. And it's about observing these aspects without trying to change or analyze them. 
In other words, the way that I think about it when I engage in my mindfulness practice is that you are simply the vessel for the experiences that, you're, that are going on around you to be perceived through. So by taking a step back out of yourself, you're almost allowing experience to occur without you interjecting. And I think there's a, there's a simple metaphor that we can use, which I, I wrote down here as being the silent observer of your thoughts and emotions as if you're watching clouds pass by. So if you're picturing yourself just sitting outside on a bench or something, and you can picture each emotion that is arising and leaving as a cloud that's passing through the sky. That's the best way that I was able to describe and identify my form of mindfulness. So there is actually a lot of science um, behind the effectiveness of mindfulness. And this is not just a trendy self-help technique. This is a very well-researched and evidence-based practice. And I would like to um, highlight a few uh, significant takeaways or a few, a few significant highlights of the science behind uh, mindfulness. So the first of these is how our brain physically changes with the practice, the ongoing practice of mindfulness. Um, and there's very interesting research that has shown that regular mindfulness practice can lead to a shrinkage of the amygdala, uh, which is the brain region associated with the body's stress response. And then hence this in turn can lead to decreased stress reactions and decreased, um, decreased stress overall. Then there's um, the concept of the default mode network, the DMN, and mind wandering. Um, so to introduce this concept, the default mode network is typically a brain network that uh, we all possess, and it's responsible for our minds wandering and our self-referential thoughts. So in other words, our internal self-talk. And the thing is when you practice mindfulness, we can actually reduce the activity of the DMN, and this can lead to less mind wandering um, and rumination on past experiences, basically less, uh, less of those experiences where you're sitting there thinking of all the times that you, know, you messed up in the past. Um, and this reduction can help alleviate the symptoms primarily of anxiety, but also of stress. Then there's the, the third topic, which is on neuroplasticity and brain growth. And this is one of the most interesting um, aspects of uh, mindfulness that I've ever experienced. Um, and this is that practicing mindfulness on a regular basis can contribute to positive neuroplastic changes. Or in other words, it can change the actual chemistry of your brain, leading to more neural pathways that can hence lead to better management of stress, better management of your emotions, and in fact, even things like memory or your ability to learn and retain information. Um, so the, the, the impacts are truly numerous. Um, and further to that, this can lead to, the, uh, to further growth of the brain, um, the brain regions that are associated with emotional regulation, attention, and even empathy. Uh, so there is a very important, um, a very important factor that is proven clinically to improve your, your basically your entire well-being. Now, moving on a little bit further from this, we also have to talk about the effect of mindfulness on neurotransmitters and hormones. Um, and this is, uh, this is a very interesting also field of study. Um, because before we dive into how mindfulness affects this, is I think it's important to understand the role of neurotransmitters and hormones. Uh, these including um, compounds like serotonin and cortisol, which are basically the the happy and the and the stress chemicals. So they their proportion uh, relative to every other compound in your brain dictates your emotional mood in that moment. 
Uh, but now mindfulness can positively influence these biochemical factors and they can basically result in lower stress and an improved mood because they can flip the ratios of those chemicals relative to everything else in your brain. There are also um, long-term benefits and quite sustained effects of mindfulness. So it's not limited to the practice itself or in, in that moment uh, where you're actually partaking in the, um, in the act of mindfulness, but even having mindful moments throughout the day or a simple mindfulness um, practice, let's say in the morning, can have lasting effects on your productivity and your, your capabilities to focus on a given task at any time. Um, not only that, but it can, also, it can also extend further than that, right? Like for stress or for happiness, your mood, uh, if you're going through something difficult, it can really help you identify that feeling, but not let it control you. So that is a very important thing that I wanted to, to highlight. Um, and there's also, uh, I also wanted to highlight the fact that regular mindfulness practitioners typically experience not only immediate stress reduction, but long-term um, long improvements in resilience and well-being, which can last far longer than they initially tried. Um, sorry, far longer than they initially uh, committed to the practice for. Uh, and there was a very famous example actually given by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who he practiced um, a daily meditation for uh, just over a year, um, but he, after pausing and halting his practice, was still able to retain that information and that, that memory of how to bring himself back to the present for years afterwards. And he credited as one of his most, uh, one of the best investments, let's say, in himself that he's ever committed to. So if Arnie says it's true, there's gotta be something there. <laughs> um, so moving on to this, I actually wanted to bring up a few practical mindfulness exercises that we could all partake in together. So there's uh, four that I have uh, written down here, which we, if you have the time to do so, by all means, please pause this once we're done and give it a go. Try and see what you can actually experience when you practice this. So the first is the most obvious and it's the, the most simple and accessible mindfulness exercises and it's called simply mindful breathing. So it involves paying a close attention to your breath. So here's a step-by-step -step walkthrough. The first thing you're gonna do is find a quiet place to sit or lie down, preferably sitting though, on a, on a chair with your back supported. Then you wanna close your eyes and focus your attention on your breath as it appears, as it enters your body, and as it leaves your body. And you wanna pay as close attention as you possibly can. So commit every ounce of your attention to the moment the breath appears, through the inhalation, feel it at some point in your body, either focus on the, um, the entrance to your nose or focus on how your chest expands with the, with the breath and then descends as you exhale. And then don't force anything, just allow it to come and go as it naturally would. Then if your mind wanders, you wanna gently bring it back to the focus of, of, on the breath without any judgment. So allow yourself to observe the thought that you had let it float away and then bring your attention back to the breath. And this exercise can be done for a few minutes or for longer periods of time, depending on how much time you have available. But I would recommend if you, if possible, attempting at least 10 minutes per session, because it takes quite a while for you to actually stop having your mind wander in the first place and being able to actually bring that breath, uh, sorry, bring that, that uh, attention back to the breath. The next of the methods is called a body scan. Um, and this is uh, honestly one of the most effective methods that I've, uh, I've tried myself, um, especially when, when severely stressed. Um, and this is 
uh, an exercise that's aimed at promoting body awareness and relaxation. So here's how it works. You want to sit once again in a chair upright uh, with your back against the support, um, with your feet flat on the floor. Then beginning at your toes and slowly working your way up, you want to start paying attention to each individual part of your body. And this includes scanning every area. Notice any tension that you're feeling, notice the sensations, notice the weight of your body. Um, and without trying to change anything, you're simply observing. And this brings your mind again to the present moment, to exactly what you're experiencing right now. And this can very much, uh, it can very easily help you, help distract you and train your brain to let go of any negative experiences that you might be, you might be going through. So the goal of this exercise, obviously, is to create a deep awareness of the physical sensations and promote relaxation. The third, uh, the third uh, technique that you can use, which uh, honestly is probably one of my favorites, is mindful walking. Um, so we all know that walks uh, generally are just good for your health, good for your mental health and for your physical health. But when you include the aspect of mindfulness, it can truly take this to another level. So. This can be done uh, when you're walking slowly, whether indoors or out, preferably outdoors, um, but it's about being present in each step that you take. And here's how you can practice it. So start by standing still at the beginning of your walk and take a few deep breaths to center yourself. If you can, practice that mindful breathing um, to focus yourself. So again, 100% attention relegated to the inhalation and the exhalation. Then begin walking, but slowly and deliberately, and then pay attention to the sensations of your feet as they lift, move through the air, and make contact with the ground. And again, you're trying to commit as much attention to each step, to each act as possible, to keep you in that present moment. And then when you focus on each step and the changing scenery around you, it can help once again to train your mind to focus on the present, away from any stressors. Now the final technique, uh, this is arguably my favorite and it's called loving kindness med med uh, meditation, otherwise known as metta. Um, it's a practice that encourages the, encourages the development of compassion and empathy uh, and in, it involves repeating positive and loving phrases both to, one, to oneself but preferably to other people. So typically the structure involves sending love and well wishes to somebody that um, some, to, first of all, it could either be to yourself, uh, but like I said, I actually, um, as instructed uh, by Sam Harris, uh, who has a beautiful app called Waking Up, um, his version of loving kindness involves both thinking about somebody that you have a challenging relationship with, as well as somebody that you have a, a very close and fostering relationship with, and trying to genuinely send positive thoughts, saying phrases such as, I wish you to be happy. I wish you to be free of suffering. I wish you success, but truly meaning them. Because once you, when you mean such a grateful, such a, a positive emotion, it is physically and neurochemically impossible for you to feel a negative emotion at the same time. So by extending this happiness and this, this growth, this love outwards, you're also accepting and loving yourself. So this was one of my favorite uh, techniques that I learned while practicing through uh, Sam Harris's app, Waking Up, um, and I could not recommend it enough. So yeah, it basically, these are the four techniques that I would highly recommend getting into um, mindfulness, uh, and I hope that it's something that you can also try and let me know if it worked for you. So moving on, I want to discuss a little bit about mindfulness in daily life, and that, like I said before, 
Mindfulness is not limited to formal meditations, but it can be integrated into your daily activities. So, for example, when you're even eating, <laughs> you can practice mindful eating, which is savoring every bite, experiencing it to the fullest. Um, or mindful listening, being fully present in conversations or in a moment or when you're listening to music or even when you're sitting outside and listening to, you know, the world go by. Um, there's even mindful commuting, noticing the world around you while you're on your commute and paying really close attention to details that you would otherwise miss because your, your mind is wandering and, fo and following, you know, anything else that's going on in your head. And this is, uh, this is incredibly beneficial uh, because being present and engaged in these activities can not only help to reduce stress, but overall increase your satisfaction in life as well. And that's the, that's the key takeaway that all of mindfulness really helps is not only the stress reduction, but also increases the satisfaction and the presence in each moment. So just to reiterate, mindfulness can serve as a powerful tool for stress management. And I'd actually like to tie in a quote um, typically reserved for stoicism, but I find very relevant to the practice of mindfulness in terms of stress reduction. And that is that you cannot control what life throws at you, but you can control how you react to what it does. And this is the essence of what mindfulness is. It's basically helping individuals respond to stressors with increased resilience and emotional regulation because you are disconnecting yourself from the energy that involved that is involved within a certain emotion. So by allowing uh, that emotion to simply be observed, it loses the power over you. So if you're feeling stressed or angry or distraught, you can actually take a step back in your mind and disconnect yourself from what that actually means. There, it loses its power over you because you can identify and observe it. And this is also incredibly useful for um, preventing stress from escalating into anxiety or burnout because it allows individuals to recognize and manage their reactions more effectively. Now there are quite a few common misconceptions about uh, mindfulness, such as, for example, racing mind or impatience or um, uh, the, the belief that it requires a completely empty mind or it requires a certain setting or space, but it's okay. That's the, the whole point of practicing mindfulness is understanding that the situation doesn't need to be perfect because life isn't perfect. When you are, are able to still calm your mind in those moments of hectic uh, things going on and everything, that is when you truly see the prime benefits of them. Um, there's also quite a bit of uh, resistance um, that you can you could find. For example, um, a lot of people find it uh, find themselves very skeptical towards the um, the technique, or people find it challenging. But the key to this is uh, is consistency. I was one of the biggest skeptics towards mindfulness that I knew at the time. I thought it was just wishy-washy self-help talk that was just you know for for hippies and that kind of thing. But once I truly started to delve into it, especially after reading a lot of books uh, to, related to high achievers in all aspects of life, one of the key uh, common factors that I saw in all of their lives, or most of them at least, I don't want to say all, was some sort of practice that involved mindfulness. So there was something that they were all doing right. If they were all at that level of peak performance in whatever field they were pursuing, and that was a key constant throughout all of them, there was something that, that I needed to investigate. And it truly does have all of the power that you can imagine and that you hear about and more. So there's actually a couple steps that I'd like to uh, suggest that if this piqued your interest that you can actually pursue uh, further study or further research or practice in. Um, 
So there are a plethora of books and articles and websites that um, can direct you towards how to practice your mindfulness, but I'd like to direct you towards three apps that I found very useful. Um, the first uh, is Calm, uh, which is a guided meditation app. Uh, the second is Headspace, which is also a guided meditation app. And the third is Waking Up by Sam Harris, which is also a guided meditation app. Um, Waking Up I could not recommend more. Uh, Sam Harris is an incredible uh, neuroscientist from uh, Stanford University, I believe, and he has really created something special with this app. It is one of the most uh, calming, soothing, and just empowering apps that I've ever used, and I could highly, highly recommend um, downloading it. And to give you an idea of uh, how trustworthy I, I find this information, he uh, the actual app requires an annual subscription if you want to use uh, use it past the free trial. But because he believes that this information and this help should not be locked away to those that are unable to afford it, if you simply send them an email through the app, you can basically get the app for free. Just because they don't want to have anybody um, paywall blocked to this information that could be used to help their, their lives better. Um, so yeah, absolutely recommend any of those three, especially Headspace. So, to summarize, um, yeah, to summarize, I just want to emphasize that mindfulness is a learnable skill with multiple benefits in terms of stress management, uh, improvement in quality of life, and all in all, just improving your mental well-being. So I truly hope that it's something that you can all take a step into exploring, at least coming up with your own conclusions, whether it works or does not for you. And by all means, let me know. I'm, I'm super excited to see if anybody actually partakes in these kind of practices um, and notices any benefits. So absolutely, give it a go, let me know. And once again, I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, this is a dream come true to still be able, still be able to do this. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that you're, you're tuning in and, and, um, and sharing your thoughts and listening. So yeah, thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, favorite, share uh, with anybody that you think this would help. And yeah, I will see you all in the next episode. Peace.